Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your gracious host, Xavier Miller. And getting right to the show, I would like to, uh, first I want to say, before we, before we get started, I would like to advise everybody to subscribe, like, comment, leave that five-star rating, and review, because we're really trying to run those numbers up, and we would greatly appreciate it if you guys did all those things. And getting right to the show, y'all know I don't like to do the small talk, I like to get straight to it. So I have a super special guest, y'all are familiar with him, if you're not, you're about to learn. He's been on the show twice already, and we had to have him come back because he adds so much value that I think the content and the conversation is only going to get so much better that the more we conversate and have him on the show. So I had to bring him back. And he's Sean Mike. Welcome back to the show, bro. Thanks I'm for having excited. me, man. I'm happy you're here, man. I'm always happy to be around you, bro. You got good energy. Thank you, bro. And, 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 my, and my listeners and watchers, they, they, love, they love the content last time. I still get feedback to this day. They just mm -hmm. love the value you brought. I appreciate but, that. Yeah, yeah. And getting right into it. So for the people... Real quick, so for the people, they, they might not see part one or part two, they might see you this first time, just real briefly, like, let the people know who you are and what do you do. Yeah, man, um, you know, I'm Sean Mike. I've, I've been uh, an entrepreneur, not by, like, thought, but by activity since I've been about 19, 20. Mm, I, I went like to college. That. I went to college to play baseball. That was it. Uh, I didn't go to college to get a degree. I ended up getting a social work degree, got done there, worked with abused, neglected children for a very long time. Um, I actually thought I want to go, I, my buddy went to police academy, so he's like, why don't you go to police academy? And I was like, I don't even want to be a cop, you know what I mean, because I'm bound to do something real stupid, and then I'm going to get fired. So I ended up going to the police academy anyway, and about four and a half months into it, I got fired anyway, you know what I mean, because I, I probably had no business being there. And I was just real young and out of control and drinking, partying and whatnot. And then I uh, became a social worker, so I did that for about 14 years, but about my first year in, I got my real estate license. And I got my real estate license because I had a dude that was coaching me when I was growing up playing baseball, playing travel baseball. And I was like, what do you do for a living? Because you're rich. Like, that's how, I mean, I was, that's, how you, that's, that's how exactly you how I said it. Like, hey, man, if you don't mind me asking, coach, and it was coach, I wasn't really, coach, if you don't mind me asking, like, you're rich. And he's like, well, I played in the major leagues. I'm like, I know, but, like, you're really rich. And he's like, well, I developed a real estate company. And I was like, can you tell me about that? He goes, when you get old enough, come see me for a job. So when I turned 16, I called him up, and I was like, hey, coach, you said I could get a job, and he gave me a job. And I worked with the property management company there, and I started watching. So I was about two years into my social work deal. I got my real estate license. I did that for better part of 10 years, and uh, I got my life insurance license in 08. And I and do that's the thing about people like, don't 51 years old. Like, people are like, when did you start making money? Well, I was making, at 36, I got my life insurance license. And I was making with a full-time job at the state and real estate. If I did a buck and change, that was a big year, 100, 150 grand, right? Got my insurance license, worked my, my ass off for a company. Then I started to feel like I had a job again. So I worked for a dude for five years, and I finally went to him, and I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm the number one guy here, sales, recruiting. Like, I need a better deal. He was short-sighted, didn't give me a better deal, greedy. So I went and launched my own company. I didn't make a million dollars a year until I was early 40s, 40s, 43, 44, and um, built a company. We, we've done you know, billions of dollars in, in, in revenue. Um, we do right around a billion in sales a year annually. 
Um, so obviously financially it's changed my life dramatically. I owned a waste management company. I've owned all kinds of companies, sold a bunch of them, have had failures, successes, real estate portfolio. I sold that two weeks before COVID. That was just good timing. And then um, about a year ago, I was messing around online and I was watching people talk. I'd never watched podcasts before that. So I started watching podcasts. That's how I found you. Mm. And I started watching podcasts and I was like, I didn't like the people that I knew were lying. Because they were lying. So like, did social you know, media 101, what's that? Did you know these people personally? Or no, you could just see it through the camera? All, bro. You social see media 101 it. is they pretend they did stuff they didn't do. They go like, I sold drugs one day, and then I got in a fight. They're lying, they're lying. They didn't do any of that stuff. They're full of shit. And they do that to try to relate to, even though they judge people for doing the exact same shit. And then they, they try to sell you something, there's no real value. And I'm like, dude, I'm tired of these people. And that's kind of how I got in each business. When I got real estate, I wanted to do it different. When I had life insurance, I wanted to pay people more and get them in a position to make money. So I'm like, why am I getting on social media? I saw you, and I'm like, this guy's real. I like real. Then I met you, and I'm like, dude, he's legit. Like, I'd like to connect with him. But I also want the people that are online, I want you all to stop watching podcasts when they bring no value to you. Mm. Because you're actually harming everybody because they continue to spit the same. We are talking about some people. I was on a podcast recently with a guy in Georgia. And I think he was trying to like, he's like, what do you think about this guy? And I'm like, dude, ask me anything you want and I'll answer you. Like, I'm not uncomfortable. If I don't like that dude, I will tell you I don't like him. I have no problem with that. And if I don't like him, I'll tell you why I don't like him. I don't hide like the guys that send me messages on social media from fake accounts. They call dude, me a name from a fake account. That's I'm like, insane. dude, F you. You're hiding in your mom's basement. At least come at me. Right. Be a real man. Yep. You know, so that's that's enough about, that's that's how I kind of got here. And, um, and again, I'm... You know, I've been with you a couple times, and yep. it's been nothing but great for me. I like your mindset. I like where you're going. I like I like your service, and I like what you're trying to do. Because, like, for me, I wanted to take people that didn't grow up with any money and help them know there's a better way. My mom worked three jobs. My mom worked really hard growing up for me and my brother. And and it wasn't – it was tight. It was tough. It was, it was a lot on her. And I remember everything she went through trying to provide for two kids by herself. And I was like, why can't I talk to people about, it don't matter where you start, right? It's where you finish. And there's all kinds of cute sayings and cliches and stuff. But the reality is the mind's a powerful thing. And I think you're trying to empower a community mm -hmm. that you believe has been disenfranchised. And that's true. Mm -hmm. It has. So good for you. I, I, like, I like your mission. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I want to talk about, because doing, doing billions in, in sales, that's fucking phenomenal, man. But I want to talk about what is some... Because I can just tell anybody that's watching and listening, they can feel the energy. They know, like, this dude's a beast at sales. So what what makes a great salesman or a saleswoman? Like, what's some keys yeah. and tips to that? Well, first of all, you got to love your product. If you don't love your product, don't sell it. I'm, and I'm just trying to say, like, I've had a lot of people pitch me on stuff that I've not done. Like, I'm not mad at people that sell solar. I think it's good for you. I ain't fired up about it, so I won't sell it. Life insurance I was fired up about. Real estate, you need a house, you need an apartment, you need a condo, you need to, you want some investment property. I'm with you because I can feel it. So I have to love the product. You have to love your product. You go, it doesn't matter. I love the money. Dude, you'll never be great at it. Like, I love this. If you told me, sell me, Sean, on people, I like you. I love this medium. I love podcasts. I love training and empowerment. I can sell you all day long because I believe in you. But if you say, hey, can you sell me? I'd be like, no, your stories are fake. You're full of shit. I ain't going to sell you. And I would tell you that instead of trying to do it. So number one, you have to believe in the product. And if you don't, there's plenty of products to believe in. Go find one. Once you find one you believe in, what are clients, buyers, what are they most afraid of being lied to? Their number one fear is not paying a certain amount, is they don't want to be manipulated. They don't want anybody to cheat them. 
They watch way too many things on TV and they're afraid they're going to be a victim. It could be anything. It could be this damn cop. I sell them 27 of them and they're like, is he taking advantage of me? So you have to make sure you connect with people. Not be the greatest product knowledge guy. You have to be the greatest human knowledge guy or girl. I need to understand you. I need to learn about you. What makes you move, Xavier, is not what, I've, what makes other people move that I've met. So I have to figure out what's going to make you move. Like, why will you want to do business with me? And I always got to be who I am too, right? So love your product. You have to have confidence, dude. You got to walk in a room and people got to know, you know what? Don't fuck with that guy. And I'm not talking about it in a physical way. I'm fine with that too. But like in a way where he knows his shit, he or she's going to stand up for themselves. And also, if you have enough clients and you're busy enough, you'll never feel inadequate. The people in mm. sales that fail, mm. they don't work hard. Like me, when I got my life insurance license, I was like, I'm gonna have 12 appointments a day. If I'm sitting with you and your wife, and I'm four minutes into it, and you filled something out, and I'm like, yo, you did, if no matter what I say, you ain't gonna do it, I'm out. I don't need you. If you stay active in sales, and you invest in leads, and you invest in your time, and you are actually working, you'll never be at the mercy of any client ever. What frustrates people in sales when they're like, look how he treated me. No, you treated yourself that way. You had one appointment today. That guy had to buy. If I have one appointment to go meet with you and your wife, you completely control my financial outcome. Damn, that's true. And no matter what you say to me, I'm about to get begged for the sale. And then once I'm weak, you don't want me to be your guy because I'm weak, right? Because we have sales training. Buyers have non-buying training. They were taught that by their parents, their grandparents, their aunt, their uncle. They watch TV. So for me, I believe in who I am. I believe in what I do. I breathe life into people and teach them to do that. And also find out what you're uncomfortable with. Now, here's sales. The person's here and you're here. And you have to get them uncomfortable to get them to buy something. Because they're not just going to show up and go, hey, Xavier, thanks for coming. I buy it. That does not tend to happen. Yeah. But how do you get them uncomfortable? You have to get uncomfortable. So like for me, I used to take people out in the field all the time and they'd be like, didn't that bother you when they said that? I'm like, why would that bother me? Like I don't, why, and why would somebody say something to me to try to get under my skin? To test me. And if I'm a lying, complete sack of shit, then I'm gonna like manipulate my way around. But if you say to me, hey man, uh, I'm glad you're here. You're here to waste my time. I'd be like, hey Xavier, with all due respect, I called you because you requested somebody come out to get you a product. I mean, no disrespect, Xavier, please, this is your home and hear me on that. But if that's how, what we're gonna do, I'm out. I'm not mad at you, but I'm, I, I take what I do very seriously, I'm very good at it. I have a service to provide you, you have a demand, I have a supply to fill that demand, but I'm not gonna argue with you either all day long. When you stand up for yourself, think about, if I sell you a life insurance policy and I stand up for myself, and you die at whatever time, 50 years from now, 40 years from now, 100 years from now, 10 years from now, two days from now, you know your wife can rely on me to get the money that you that your that that the company's agreed to pay you. Yep. Because I do my job. I ain't no punk. Nobody wants to buy from a punk. And I mean like not standing up for yourself, being pushed around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I, I think and and dude, be who you are and share. Like I share stuff with my clients. I want them to know who I am. I want them to know that I'm fallible. I'm far from perfect because that brings trust. You know when you get with somebody and you don't, you can't read them because they share nothing about themselves. No, nothing about them. You're distrusting. Why yep. would you not be? I would just if you and I sat together for an hour and a half and you didn't share anything about yourself, I would not trust you. 
Now, me, I'd probably be like, hey, bro, I don't know nothing about you. It's been an hour and a half. It's weird. Can you share something? I'm starting not to trust you. That's what I do. Because <laughs> it makes my life a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and I remember I was on a point one day, and I might have shared this on the show before, but it was, it, the client was funny because the dude, I, I, I bang on the door, and he rips the door open. And he's like, yo, stop knocking on my door like you're the police. And I'm like, I've been knocking on it for 20 minutes. And then he's like, I ain't letting you in my house. And I said, why not? Just like that. And he said, you want me to tell you why? I go, yeah, I want you to tell me why. He said, they didn't tell me that you were white when you called. And I said, he said, I ain't letting a white person in my house. So I, I spun around. I had a guy, another person in the car. I said, are you mad? You talking about him, the white person? He's like, no, you. And I said, why don't you let me come in and you can tell me why you don't let anybody that's white in your house? He's like, you want to hear that shit? I'll let you. He's like 82 years old. And I said, yep. And I brought him in. And afterwards, I, we had a great kind of 45 minutes. My man enlightened me on why he, and dude, like he educated me. I didn't walk in his shoes. Damn. I've never walked in his shoes. But my point, Xavier, is why would I get rattled because somebody's frustrated about whatever it is in life? And also, you don't know what kind of day somebody's having either. That's true. That's the thing you understand. Like, I always say to people, when I call them, if they're being real, did I catch you at a bad time? Meaning like, when I was recruiting people, people were like, he's an ass. I'm like, okay, so I call him the next day. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's great. I'm like, did you talk to so-and-so yesterday? And they're like, yeah, dude, sorry. My kids were freaking out. I was trying to get out of work. I had a flat tire. Man, my wife got, she got sick. I'm like, yo, did you ask him what was going on in his life? So put yourself in people's shoes, hear them out, be in charge of the situation, the appointment, but be respectful, be man. Be respectful. Be respectful, it ain't hard. Everybody, and, and dude, I've learned a lot in sales about life. I ask people questions. Like, and people come to me and be like, hey man, can you, because I'll share all kinds of stuff. I had a lady one day and she's like, you talk to my son? He's in the other room. I'm like, well, about what? I got her life insurance, 17. She goes, well, we were just, you know, I shared with her that I was sober, because we were just talking. She's like, he's trying to get sober. He's been suicidal. And I'm like, yeah, I ain't, I like, I know therapist, but I'll definitely talk to him. I talked to him for like 25 minutes just about getting high and drinking in life and not having his dad around. And like, dude, I would never have gotten there had I not shared with her my background. You go like, what about your next appointment? Bro, I have 12 a day. Relax. People always go to me. Well, you're running late. I'm like, yeah, I know. How are you? Want me to take my shoes off? Were you going to call? I'm like, we're here, right? I'm, I'm, I'm busy. And I think... And I always, and the last thing I'll say to this too is a lot of people get screwed up when they're in a selling situation and somebody's asking them a question. And I always, always, always ask myself, do the people want the information from me or are they just trying to intimidate me? And if they want the information, like when that guy's like, do you want me to tell you why? He wanted to know if I wanted to hear it. And I said, yes. He wasn't doing the mess with me. He was like, I will tell you why. If you really want to know. If you I'll really want to know. Mm -hmm. And I'm open to hearing anything. And when you do that and you're comfortable in your own skin, Mm. And dude, ain't nobody got any, like, you can't judge. You can watch the podcast because Sean's a complete idiot. You have the right to discern that, but you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. No, that's you a fact. You can't judge me. So I, I, you, I teach people to live fearlessly, too, in that way. Why was, um, why was and is life insurance so important to you? You know, growing up, um, I remember my, uh, and it didn't like, it wasn't like it hit me and I was, woke up one day and said, I want to sell life insurance. What bothered me when I got my life insurance license is I realized I had no life insurance. I knew nobody in my family on either side, my mom or my dad's side, that had life insurance. And when people died, 
we just tried to raise money through like a fundraiser, you know, whatever, spaghetti sup, whatever, to just pay for funerals and cremations. And it really kind of pissed me off because I was like, dude, how come people that have money use life insurance almost like as like an estate planning deal to take care of their kids, their loved ones? Why didn't anybody knock on my mom's apartment door and be like, yo, you have life insurance? My mom raised two kids by herself. What if my mom had died when I was eight and my brother was six with no life insurance? She was our income. What if she had died? I mean, yes, I get it. Somebody from the family would have tried to figure some shit out. So I think when I got my license, and then truthfully, dude, I was three months into it, got my first death claim. And after that, it was over. over. I wrote a lady a policy. Oh, I'm sorry, I went to write her a policy. I wrote the husband a policy. He died in a motorcycle accident like two, three days after I wrote it and died instantly in his 30s, healthy as a horse. And I was like, it's a wrap. Because everybody can die at any moment in time. Any moment. So that's why it became so powerful to me. So you think, in your opinion, everyone should have life insurance? Yeah, I think it's foolish not to. Not to take advantage of the insurance company's money. You should. 100%. What do like, you mean by take advantage of the insurance company's money? If they're willing to let me make a payment monthly, and they're willing to give my loved ones a big check upon my death, for relative to my death benefit, a very small monthly payment, I don't know when I'm going to die. They don't know when I'm going to die. They run their actuarial tables and figure it out. But I think that, number one, they offer the certain, why would you not do it? Financially, it just makes good sense because you throw away 50, 60 bucks a month on nothing. Yep. On literally nothing. And now I'm like, okay, if that happens, my kids get 250 grand, 500 grand, whatever it happens to be. And secondly, dude, it's literally the only product that I've ever seen that you'll buy that there's zero chance you won't use. Damn. I mean, I don't, can't, I bought cars I haven't used. I bought vacations I haven't used. Clothes. I bought, what's that? I said clothes. Clothes. Shoes. Oh, dude, I got, I got thousands of things I bought and never used. Every single person I sold a life insurance policy to will 100% use it as long as they keep paying on it because they will all die or get their money back with some return to premium for living, money they take out of it, but everybody's going to die. So I tell people, you buy stuff all the time you don't use. Let's take a small fraction of that money and buy something you're 100% sure you're going to use. And I don't see it as sales either. When you have leads, you're not in sales. Just so any of you out there, and I love you all, don't, please don't get mad, but like, when you, sales is door to door trying to get people to do shit they didn't ask for. When you have lead-based sales, like if you were to send me something and say, if I, if I sent something and said, hey, I want to come in here because I want you to teach me about podcasting. Yep. And I send something back to you, okay? And you get it. Dude, you're just taking orders. Yeah. You might not do business with me based on whatever the service, I might not buy it, but you're taking orders. You're not selling me. I've already sold me on the fact that I like to learn about it. And I think that a lot of people that are in lead-based sales don't treat the leads that way. It makes the people uncomfortable. Like when I showed up, when people were like, I hope you have a good day, I'm like, dude, I have leads. I'm gonna have a great day. What are you talking about? I'm gonna make 12 sales today. Like these people fill forms out. Like, like why would they not, why would they say no to me when they already identified they have a demand and issue for this? What do you say to young people? Because I remember the first time I ever done a wheel, I was 23. And at the time, I'm thinking like, man, I'm young. I'm, what the fuck I'm doing a wheel for? Yeah. And a lot of people, younger people, they're like, what do I need life insurance for? I'm 21, I'm 22, I'm 23 years old. What do you say to people with that mindset? Do you know why they created probate court? Why is that? For people like my mom and my family that didn't know no better, didn't have any money. Because when people like my mom and my family and the people that are broke die, they have no will in place, and probate court gets to get involved and take your fucking assets. Yeah. And they get to take a very big percentage of your assets. Happens to my grandfather. Um, yeah. And wealthy people, they have wills. Mm -hmm. They don't end up in fucking probate. Um, so I think 
dude, here's the thing. If you have zero dependence, you still should do it. I think it's weird to put that on somebody else. But the minute you have a dependent, significant other, child, niece or nephew, I saw the guy one day, he's like, I have no kids, I'm never gonna have kids. I said, do you have any nieces or nephews? I have three nieces. Whose kids are your brother? No, my sister. Younger or older? Younger. Big old dude. I said, did you protect her when you were a kid? You guys were kids? He's like, of course I did. I go, then why wouldn't you do it now? She has three, single mom? Yeah. She doing great financially? No. You have a pretty good job, bro. Why don't you get a life insurance policy and leave the money to her or to them? Because they've never thought about it that way. So you need to start thinking about somebody outside of yourself. Mm, and we I, don't think, but, but you can't get people to do that unless you challenge them. And here's the, here's the key to challenging people. If I challenge what you ask me, Xavier, or I'm trying to figure something out from you, and I'm genuinely trying to figure it out, I'm taking a risk because I'm going to get uncomfortable. But if I really want to get to know you, I have to take a risk. And if I'm taking a risk, that means I'm putting you first. I'm trying to figure something out, and it could backfire on me. The minute you start putting other people first, even subconsciously, it messes them up. So in sales, when you get uncomfortable, and I said stuff like that about his nieces, that could backfire, right? Like I could have tried to manipulate him into a pop, but that was a riskier statement because the guy was actually being a complete pain in the ass. But I genuinely, genuinely care about his nieces. I do. I don't even know them. I want them to be okay if something happens. And I care about this dude dying with some dignity and leaving some money since he actually makes some good money. That was my line to people. I'm like, dude, you live with a lot of dignity. Why would you die without it? Damn. The last thing you want people to remember is, dude, Xavier's a great guy, but damn, man, like, how are we going to pay for his funeral? He didn't leave his wife. He didn't leave a shit. Nothing, man. What's up with him? Like, damn. And everything you did in your life is erased that moment in time. People always remember, remember the that. last thing you did or didn't do. No, absolutely. I've heard the saying that um, life insurance is the quickest way to build wealth. What do you think about that? I think people got to be careful when they say stuff like that. I, okay. I, I think that um, I think there's indexed universal life policies or good policies. Um, you're not going to be your own bank. And a lot of people say that. I, I yeah, like, I, I hear that a lot. Yeah, I, I think people, dude. I like to shoot people straight. You know, I always told my kids, a successful businessman or businesswoman will be able to walk within their community always and know they'll never run into anybody they screwed over. If you can do that, I said, guys, you'll be successful in business. You'll end up just being successful because you treated people that way. You're not your own bank. And I have a lot of index universal life policies. They're great. I put money in. There's a cost of insurance. Then I can invest the money. Market goes up. I can do well. There's still a cap on it. If it crashes, there's a bottom line, which is probably 0%. The greatest way to build wealth is take your money, invest in you, build a freaking business, find passive cash flow, find it multiple places, and invest your money in, in places that make sense for you. Like, I don't know, dude. I, I'd take what I do in tax for municipal bonds over, I don't have a cost of insurance in tax for municipal bonds. I have my tax for municipal bonds. I can go ahead and go, here's X amount of dollars. They're A-rated. When they build a school or build a highway, they have taxpayer money. Ain't gonna, they ain't going to go belly up. I make a percentage that's tax-free because that's the whole concept, tax-free retirement. There's a book guy wrote a while back, I forget his name now, about index universal life and how you can use that to your benefit. I think they're phenomenal policies. If you're in good health, too, you have to be in good health. If you're not in good health, it's not your cost yeah. of insurance is too high. So people call me up and go, man, I'm going to get one of those IULs. I'm like, bro, you're 53 and like 150 pounds overweight. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, dude, but the cost of insurance will be ungodly. Go invest your money. You should get a, a policy, but I wouldn't get, like, this will cost you too much money. Now you're, now you're putting 700 bucks a month in it just to have the policy. And now you're paying 800, you're only investing 100 of it. 
Yeah, that's... So if you're under the age of, I even say 40, and you're in really good health, like exceptionally good health, sure. But the fact that you're acting as your own bank and any of these, it's just like when people try to explain that to me that reverse mortgage is the same way. I'm like, no, it just seems like a way that people get to take, take house from old so people. Play, yeah, don't, I, don't <laughs> think that, I think that's the, you know, it's kind of what you, I was watching you the other day, we just like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you know, the government be talking about getting people not to be together and what mm -hmm. they do, and that's true. Mm -hmm. and, and, we, and, and again, if we don't talk about it, man, that's the problem. We get so caught up in, in like, damn, we should be able to have discussions and disagree. Absolutely. Disagreeing is a pretty cool thing because it brings us together when you and I may not agree on everything and we can talk about it respectfully. Because if you respect my opinion, why would I not respect you yours? No, you you preaching. And let me ask you this. So for the people that's listening or watching that's thinking about life insurance or whatever, they've heard, plenty. most of us, we've heard the term of, about borrowing against your life insurance policy. So break that down for, for the listeners and watchers. Like, how does that work? How can you borrow against your life insurance policy? Okay, if you have, if, so there's a lot of policies that are structured that way. So it might be like a whole life policy, index universal life policy. What I told the people I sold insurance to, I'm like, dude, if your plan is to borrow against this, like if that's your plan in life, where you're like, man, I'm gonna take this money out, the interest you're gonna pay yourself and pay the policy back for borrowing your own money, I, I those are, when you start, when you have a significant amount of money, so I've written policies where the premiums are four or 500 grand a year. Dude, they're overfunding them so much that they're gonna greatly benefit from the product. But those are for people that have that kind of, so don't try to pretend that works for everybody. Mm. It just doesn't. So like if you sell me a whole life policy for 60 bucks a month, you know, you can borrow against it one day. I'm like, dude, there's $800 of cash value, and if I take the 800 out, it comes off of my death benefit. So I'm really, like when, when my beneficiary gets their check, I lose that money. I just, and again, I'm in this industry. Like, it's one of the companies I've run for a long time, been very successful at it. We've been very successful being very honest with people. You know, not pretending the products are something they're not. There, there's, it has to be the right fit for you based on your health and what you're doing. But if you're taking a policy out today and you can't wait to borrow on it, that's not a strategy, dude. It's just not. There's so many of these things out there that, that and I just, I think you can do better with your money I'm, an, I'm a hugest fan ever of protecting your family. Term insurance with return to premium. It's much cheaper, you get all your money back. Index universal life when you're, like, you, you're in that bracket and you can afford it. Um, whole life when you're above a certain age, you wanna take care of your funeral, cremation, leave some money to some people. But thinking that you're gonna ri get rich one day, dude, you have to overfund the living hell out of the policies. You have to have the money to begin with. And it will accumulate pretty well over the years. But I have really big index universal life. I could show you a policy I got that's for millions and millions and it's obnoxiously high. And I've done pretty well in it, don't get me wrong. The cost of insurance, whatever's built in the fees, compared to the money I've earned, put into businesses. Dude, I built businesses that returned my money seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 times over in 24 months. That's the quickest, that's way, the quickest way to get rich. And then take that money and, and find the right brokerage because that's what I got. The guy told me too, my, my back in the day. He said, "Man, when you get when you make enough money, find somebody at one of the big brokerages, look at all of it, find somebody you trust, make sure the fees are minimal, and put your money with one of the big boys. You'll get a better return." And I just did it, you know. So if you're talking about Goldman or J.P. Morgan or Morgan Stanley, I mean, 
you know, it just that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. It does make a difference, and and that's what you should aspire to. I mean, it's like I was watching, um, and I can't stand this guy, Dave Ramsey. I couldn't be any more wrong, <laughs> but it's like he said, um, you know, you'll 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 save your way, like debt free is a way to get. Like that's actually so stupid. I can't believe he says it out loud. Like you're telling me that I'm going to save my way to getting rich, you know? And and again, I don't trust people to get all panic when people disagree with me. They're like, and he was, I was watching some guy sent it to me. And he was like. The guy was complaining, and then he made fun of him. He didn't even know. And your uncle probably told you that. It's like, dude, you only agree with that because people pay you every month for your strategy. There's zero doubt that if I decide to save my money at my state job and in my real estate, and I decide to save all my money, buy my house in cash, which is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody do. It's buying your house in cash. Yeah. That's stupid to you. That's real stupid to me. Why? Because there's zero chance I can't go make more than 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 12% of my money. Why would I want to give it to somebody? Why would I ever want to pay my house off, literally, and go like, but I mean, I don't have to worry about the mortgage now. I'm like, yeah, but dude, that's 400 grand of money that we could be doing something with. And we meaning you, not me, bro. I would never be able to start my business had I paid my houses off in cash. When I built a life insurance company, I bought a $1.2 million house. The first thing I did after I got it was go get a second mortgage on it. I was like, dude, can I get one of them second mortgage, like a home equity deal? They're like, yeah, you have some equity. I made that thing 1.4 million I owed. At like six per six and a half percent. I was fired the fuck up. I kept all my money, kept making it. And I was, I mean, I was growing the company at 100% a clip. It was obnoxious how much money we we're making. But I needed that money to fund my business. Yeah. And I think the problem with, with the short sightedness of let's live in fear, you know, if you live a debt free life, yeah, dude, one day you'll have a house that's paid off and you'll die. Congratulations, good work. <laughs> you know, you have a house that's gonna get smoked in, in fees when you hand it over to your kids. Like, who gives a shit, dude? That, you lived your whole life for that. And that, to me, is trying to keep people down. And then if you keep enough people down, they'll give you money because you keep them down. Mm -hmm. But if you educate them, they might challenge you, yep. which is good. I love when somebody's like, hey man, you said that, but what do you think about this? I'm like. I don't know, I might agree with it, I might not. I don't have to agree with it, but I'm like, tell me more. I'm okay, you don't have to agree with everything I say or don't say, but I know that I've every wealthy person I've met, Xavier, guys worth billions of dollars, and I've met a lot of them. I paid to meet a lot of them in trainings and events and small events. I've met a lot of them now because I've done really well. I've not heard one of them even begin to go, dude, greatest thing I ever did was open a savings account and save my money. I mean, that's how I became a billionaire. I paid my house off in cash, Dude, debt is good. It is good. Because I will bet on myself. I always tell everybody, and I'm telling you all watching, if any of you want to lend me money, any of you, and you want to charge me 5%, any of you, no matter what it is, I'll take it today. If any of you go, I want to lend you 50 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand, 5 million, 100 million, I will take it from you if the interest rate's less than 5%. As long as there's no, no crazy terms in there. We're going to pay you back in eight months or some big fee. Right. I will take it all day long. I will definitely take on, and I do pretty well. I'll take on more debt than I have. I'm, I'm totally good with it. I believe in what I can do in making money. It's not because I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm not. But I know there's enough out there where I can even go, to, I can call my guy, the brokerage, and go, hey, man, I got 50 million more. I want to put in some. I'm paying this dude five, paying him 4.75. Just make me like seven, eight, nine. Can you do that for me? Here are my options. Okay, well, this one's tax-deferred, Sean, or tax-free, rather. Tax-free is a bunch. So if you make this, you're really making five points. Okay, cool. Even if I made a half a point or a point on another million, let alone 50, that's a lot of freaking money. 
And that's the thing with people. Like, I just feel bad because everything I went to do, when I bought my first house, everybody around me was like, man, you're biting off more than you can chew. I bought a house for $130,000. I was 20, 360, seven years later. So, boom. But everybody's like, damn, you know what my interest rate on that mortgage was? Well over 12%. Dude, it was back in the day. You weren't even. When were you born? Ninety-three. You were. You. Oh no. Yeah. You. You born ninety. I, I was probably. I was probably. You're born right around there. That's what the rates were. Ask people that you wouldn't know as you was a baby, but ask people that were adults borrowing money, and we didn't. But dude, I'd have done it tomorrow. I I borrowed what they called hard money, 18 percent, five percent every six months on projects, and people are like, man, the finance was brutal. I'm like, I made thirty-eight grand. I paid all my interest off. I did everything I was supposed to do. Paid, I made 38 grand for like three months of work and I didn't work there 40 hours a week. That was 40 G's, dude. That's 40 G's. So put your money to work for you. And getting rich is relatively commonsensical. It's just the work that gets in the way. And stop spinning and looking for people. I always tell people, we, ask me how many millionaires. Here's the deal. I have a company that's created a lot of millionaires. A lot. How many millionaires? Dave Rand's been a long time. Got thousands of people paying him monthly to tell him to save money, write a budget out in a piece of fucking paper, and buy milk and fucking pay your house off. <laughs> I would guarantee you that I've created more people that make millions of dollars, and I haven't been at this game near as long as him. Not even close. Who invest their money into getting a life insurance license, who invest their money in leads, who invest their money in recruiting. I did it in real estate with people too. I didn't tell them to sit at home, hide under the couch, and save for a rainy day. You know what happens to people that do that? Do that? They die one day, and their headstone says, meet Tom. He was a good fucking bill payer, and now he's dead. Dave Ramsey's number one fan. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, you hilarious. Well, I'm going to ask you this. What's, um, I got two things I want to ask you. So the first one is, once you create a company that's doing billions of sales, right, what is the change in responsibility because from me I view it as like once you go from building this company then you're doing business and sales, billions of sales it's like now you're like a, you're like damn near a politician now because of the influence you had the money you generated within the economy like what do you think about that is that true or is that yeah. or is that false no I think I think you have the ability to, to affect a lot of change I mean I look at like what we've done one of the things we did really well as a company is we decided to give back a lot um, to to causes that were really important to us. And I'm not gonna preach to anybody, believe me, I'm not qualified, but like, but I was listening to, I forget his name now, uh, on a Theo Vaughn did a podcast, he was like, well, one day I'm gonna go to heaven. And the guy's like, maybe. And he's like, yeah, you're right, I don't even know. You know, and, and I think for me, I'm not preaching to anybody, I just know the more we gave back, the more we grew. The more you and that's grew. happened every company I've ever run. Life insurance, real estate, waste, I'm, like I could go like, Chamber of Commerce wanted 50 grand to feed these underprivileged kids and we've been growing and we didn't do it because we're like oh it'll help us grow we're like dude it's just the right thing to do is cut them a check then 12 months later you're like dude what happened over the last 12 months i'm like dude i don't want to freak everybody all out but we started giving money back so you do have the ability to influence a lot with your money um you do a lot of good i think um you also have the ability to be greedy and not influence anything which i think is bad because you perpetuate the same bullshit right that was the thing i never wanted to run a company where everybody couldn't do really really well like when I look at a lot of people, people go like, what do you think about him? I'm like, has, has he or she created wealth for other people? If they've created wealth for other people, cool, then I'm interested. If they've only created wealth for themselves at the expense of everybody else, I'm not, I'm just not, they're not my guy or girl. And I'm, and I'm totally fine saying that. Um, 
I think you have to be careful because when you get to be that big with that many people you're working with, you have to understand that you're working with all kinds of different people. First of all, if people know me and they do, um, I never thought politicians would change my life. So the fact that everybody gets, it's funny, like I have my own political views, everybody does, but dude, I'm not tied to them like I'm gonna die. Like right. I don't think anybody on either side of that aisle wakes up and thinks about Sean or Xavier. I think they think about Sean or Xavier's vote. Yeah. I don't think, that, I just don't. I don't think, no matter, we, we. I we, agree. I don't care. I think they look at us and go, how can I, I get him to vote for us? He's this age, he's this ethnicity, what do we do for him? They do it to me, they do it to you. But I do think when you get really big, I think you have the ability as a company to really try to influence and change people's minds about things. Like, we've been able to change people's minds about people that are, that are under the age of 30. Because that age group, your age, they, they get a bad rap. And the reality is our company is a very young company. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we've done really well because it's been very easy to maneuver and navigate. It's unusual to find somebody my age that's open to things. So at, even at 36, when the dude recruited me, I think he was like, oh, you're keeping your options open? I'm like, yeah, dude, I like, why would I not be keeping my options open? But once I started getting in my 40s and looking at my friends, and I was like, oh, dude, they're just where they are. And it doesn't make them bad people. But did they live their whole adult life for 22 20. plus years doing the same thing? Even if they're broke, pissed off, you know, because that's the thing when you start to do really well, you're going to have people going to love you or hate you. That might be a kind of, you know, you're, you're feeling like whatever you want to call it, a politician or whatever. Yeah. And here's the reality when you build a massive company. When people do well, when they do well, they're going to love you. And unfortunately, when people don't do well, most of them are going to blame you. They're going to blame you. That's and, dude, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Like, I just continue to do the best I can on a daily basis. And there's some people that don't do that. There's a smaller group. Like, if I don't, if you hired me to come in here and do something, I didn't do well, I would never blame you. I'd blame me. Even if you're like, well, man, was he, was he direct with what you're supposed to do in the office? I'm like, dude, it's still me. Somebody else is still working there. He hired me and three other guys. He only fired me. So, but I think that it's, uh, you have to have thick skin. And you can't react um, you also have to understand that you don't complain. Here's the problem. When you build a business, you should never complain to anybody that's reporting to you or working for you. You should only complain to people above you. When you're in charge, nobody they ain't nobody complain to. Shit. And I think that's a... And, but what mo a lot of people do is they'll... And I've made this mistake. They'll go like, well, I got to complain to these guys then. Because I ain't got nobody to complain to. I'm a human being too. And once I learned to just shut my fucking mouth, like... Let's say I got eight guys or girls, and they're my top group, and I wish these two were doing more. And they're really driving me crazy. No matter what I say, I say jump, they say no. I say let's walk over here, they go no. I go, if we do this, we'll make money. Doesn't matter. Instead of going, I just keep my mouth shut. I just keep it moving. And it's really empowered me because I think everybody else is waiting for me waiting to, say for to say something. And I don't. And then it teaches them not to as well. So I'm not. That means they're not going like, man, they just changes the company. Because the one thing you can guarantee about business, they'll be changed. No matter what business you're in, they'll be changed. How you adapt, react to the change will dictate how successful you are. Mm. Me, I already know it's going to be changed. They, I could be building houses and they could change the building inspector. They come in and go, change all that. It's like, dude, that's going to cost, change it all. Got it. I can be at the bank and I can have a, a, a mortgage that's a couple year arm and I can miss it by eight months and, or two months or eight days and they raise it. Like, what do you want me do to do? Want? Nothing I can do. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's a, you got to walk a fine line, man, but I think you have to grow every day, too. And 
You been your uh, you've had your insurance company for it's been eleven or twelve. It just turned ten years just hit next 10. month. So yeah, I asked that because it was something you said. You was like, you know, we haven't been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. and I think that's so interesting because most people, they'll see they might be in business for four or five years and they feel like, man, I've been in business forever. But the statistics say that, well, according to Eaton.com, they say around seventy-five percent of businesses fail within the first two to five years, yeah. and ninety-six percent fail within the first ten. Mm -hmm. And it feels like um, for people that's listening or watching, when you say it's not a long time, 10 years is, is not a long time, I think that's a unique perspective, perspective for people to hear because it's right. not. They'll think, like, this has been forever. It's like, no, this is this is really a blink, a blip for real. Well, I, I think in the first couple of years, business fails because people starve them. I think they just don't invest in them. They, they start making a little bit more than they're making. They spend their money recklessly. They don't yeah. invest in them. I spent my money. I put all my money back in the business for years, like every dollar back in it. And then I think, to your point, what you're saying is exactly matched up with the data. I think at that eight, nine, if you made it two, three, four, five years, you're making money. Yep. The problem is you got to eight or nine and you're like, where's my retirement? And and, and again, I work, <laughs> I work with people that are like, and I just think, honestly, you said this to me. You're like, dude, I like your perspective because it's different than because mm. of your age. It's yep. a different perspective than, I, than we were provided, you know, growing up in different times. And um, dude, I was raised and you worked your job 40, 50 years and hoped to retire. I just didn't want to do that. Right. But I had no problem going to work all those years for myself. I just didn't want to work them for somebody else. And I think if you're looking to get in, and I tell people this all the time, if your mind allows you to create something that's not been created in 2023, almost 24, God bless you. But if it doesn't, you're gonna have to grind for a while. Yep. And, and even if you're gonna sell that business one day, if it's a service business, dude, you'll still be working. Like if you create the greatest cup and keeps my, you know, it's water. Let's say I can keep that at refrigerated temperature for the next seven days without doing anything. You're like, that's weird. I know, but I created it. It's great technology. If you buy that from me, I'm out. You bought it. I gave the technology, manufacturing, you can change whatever you want. But if my job is to sell these things and you buy my company, I'm still working because we're providing a service. And that's where people get messed up. They're like, like I sold the waste management company and it was a service business. Then people that work there still work there. I just sold it to somebody bigger than me that already had the infrastructure to take it over. But it, but I wasn't out driving truck, picking up dumpsters. I wasn't very involved in that. I just funded it. The life insurance deal, you sell your company, I'm still working there. Like it's a service business. Service. Real estate, it's a service business. What you're doing here, you, it's gonna take you, which is good, you don't mind working. A long time to develop a library of resources and education where you might go like, okay, good. Now it's kind of moving on its own. But right now, how do you do it? You do this. Yep. You just get in there and hammer it. But guys, I, and again, that's what's been a, 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 a negative byproduct of social media is you think get rich quick. Yeah. And it's easy. I mean, every single post. I mean, I love, and you're my, you're, you're, I loved how you created your deal because it's such a brilliant name. Right. I always do that. I'm like, God, that was brilliant. <laughs> like, like, oh, there's always something else out there that's brilliant. And then a lot of the other ones that are millionaire anything, it's just all BS, man. And it's like, you know, this guy went on and it's like, no, he didn't. Like, I'm telling you that 99% of those people tell you they made that kind of money on Instagram are fucking lying to you. And if you don't believe me, ask them to give you their 1099s. See, that was easy for me in sales. If you recruited me, I don't need your social security number, I'd be like, Fucking white out your social security number and give me your fucking 1099. If you're telling me you made $876,412 last year, show me. Show me. And if you show me, 
your legitimate 1099 from whoever paid you, I will probably come do it. But if you believe, if you think that you just message every one of them fools that gets on with their stupid little carrot and this one, little carrots on the third one, they're like this, ask them to send you a 1099. And they won't because they're lying to you. <laughs> you can do the DM if you want and send it over to me and see what they say. But I promise you that they're lying unless they're part of the 1%. And that guy or girl you should follow. But for the most part, dude, this is a grind. Like, they see you and they go, like, how long have you been doing this? Uh, damn, almost five years. Almost five years. Yep. And they're like, oh, man, why does he keep working? You're like, dude, I'm trying to get there. Yep. Are you doing well? Of course you do well for yourself. Good for you. But you're trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. So much more than I, I think I, I know I can do. But, guys, I, I mean, that that's that part of that, that you're not going to get there with that attitude. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And, dude, I mean, what? Do you, and by the way, also, what are you going to do at 34 years of age? Sit around all day long and do And if you love what you do, like, if you, like, I love what I do. Me too. You love what you do. Yeah. Dude, all of a sudden, if tomorrow you were home seven days a week, your wife would be like, yo, go back to work. Because you'd be driving her crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm driving insane. Yeah, you want to be there for your wife and kid, but you have to be doing something as well. I have to. And I think that's the struggle. When you look back, and, you know, people always ask me these things, and one of them asked me the other day about all these things on social media. Do you like this? Do you talk about this a lot? But, dude, we were warriors. In every generation, it's like we want to be less of that way. And it's like... Yeah, for, I don't know why. It's, it's weird. But I'll tell you what, if you want to be a warrior still, there ain't a lot of competition. It's not. Mm-mm. Mm, that, that's a whole nother topic in itself. Mm-mm. But th- let me let me ask you, this is my final question because we have to wrap up. What, because uh, people love, when, when, it, when it comes to, to the money and the, and the wealth, people love to hear the, 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 all the good, the pros of it. In your opinion, what is the, I don't want to say the worst thing, but what's the biggest con about having money and being wealthy? What's the worst part about it? Man, um... The worst part for me is people around you thinking that because you've worked really hard that you owe them something financially, whether it's in your business, right? So if, I, if, I were, if we were running a business together and we were making $10 million a year and then people work with us, we pay them really well. Like I pay people better than they get paid anywhere else. That's always been my rule. Like do you make this? I'll pay you this. But all of a sudden it's like, well, Xavier and Sean are made. Why aren't they giving us more? It's like, dude, we've been busting for two decades trying to do this thing. Um, family and friends, just the way that people take for granted, nobody gave me shit. And I can tell you what, the people that are asking, I was doing a podcast with a guy recently, and I, well, I'll wait till it comes out, he's a professional athlete. And I said, uh, what was the hardest part about your new contract? He's like, learning to say no. I just couldn't say no to people, man. It's they just, but can you imagine how pathetic you are as a human being, that you see somebody else get money, and the first thing you think about is how do I get some of that shit without doing anything? Now, if I go, hey, Xavier, you're rich now, I'd be a good bodyguard. And you'd be like, why? I'd be like, because I'm dumb enough to die to protect your ass. You're like, shit, for real? I'm like, yup. Your wife, kid, you, I will die for somebody hurts you. You might be like, oh, you're hired, and you'll yeah. pay me because I'm providing the service. But I'm like, hey, Xavier, man, like, I've known you now for a couple years. Like, what do you think about what, what, what can I get? Like, if you're living your life trying to figure out what people are going to give you, dude, the good news is you can stop that today. But life, life is hard. Life, it, it's a fucking grind. And I think the hardest thing for me is I've worked really, really, really hard to get to where I am. And when, when people just somehow think like, well, that's your responsibility because you have money. Dude, you don't work. And I work. 
And I work my ass off. Now, when you say I work, no, no, dude, I'm not talking about 40 hours a week. I'm an adult. I didn't build no business working 40 hours a week. I built a business working 80, 85 hours a week, 100. I built a business sleeping on my fucking office floor. Not because I didn't have a chair, it was uncomfortable. And I didn't have a couch. I built my business sleeping in my car running fucking appointments. I built my business putting every dollar I had into it. I built my business walking out the house when I didn't want to leave. And I'm glad I did it now, every day, what I can provide for my kids, what I provided for them. But with them hanging out my legs, they didn't want me to go. Mm -hmm. But I didn't leave the house in spite of them. I left the house for them. I left the house to provide for them. And my job at that moment in time as a man was to provide for them. It wasn't to give in to everything they wanted. It wasn't to be their best friend. It was to go, I love y'all both, give them a big old kiss, and go out and hunt and kill for my family. Kill for your family. That was my job. So when I hunt and kill for my family, and you think I owe you something, my only response is, fuck you. And that part I hate the most, mm. to be honest. Man, you, we, can't, we, can't, we can't end it better than that. That was a lot of gems, man. I feel like... Every time I talk to you, Sean, I feel like there's so much more we got to get into, but you know, it's the time restrictions and everything, but that just makes it better because we get to do it again in the future. Dude. But before we wrap up, I just want to say, first of all, I appreciate you. Every time you come on, I, I greatly appreciate it. The audience appreciates it. But before I let you go, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, everything you got going on? Yeah, man, I appreciate it. We got, um, and we got to get you back on. We had you mm -hmm. on once back in the day. We got to get you on again. Have a podcast, Punch Me in the Face. Uh, Instagram is just my name, Sean is S-H-A-W-N, it's M-E-A-I-K, would love it if you go on there and follow me, I'd really appreciate that, mean a lot to me, uh, because you're part of my man's audience over here, which is, they're good people to be around. Um, the podcast, Punch Me In The Face, you can find it everywhere, so we'd love you to take a look at that, um, punchmeintheface.com, you'll find all that with me, and, and, and I wrote a book called Punch Me In The Face, quick, 133 pages, it's uh, raw, real. But I uh, love for you to check that out as well. So that's how you find me. Okay. And Instagram? Instagram, my name Sean, Sean, Sean Mike. Mike. Yep. Okay. So definitely make sure y'all follow Sean. Y'all see everything he's doing. Listen to the podcast. Just pay attention to everything he got going on because he's doing such amazing things. And that's for me. I'm Xavier Miller. I'm on all platforms at the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast and Xavier Miller. And that's every single platform. And that's all I have for you guys on this episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.